0: Yassas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody who's interested in learning about other cultures. I'm your host, Pamela Deoides-Wood. Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. Today we're going to talk about the cats of Greece. Why are there so many and where did they come from? We went from our own observations to history, to mythology, and references to the island nation of Cyprus looking for answers. One of the things about our recent trip to Greece that had some of my American friends most excited was the cats. They'd read the articles, seen the photos over the years, and wanted to hear all about them when we got back. As a cat lover, I was pretty psyched myself. Right now we have three dogs, all of whom are raised by our cats. We lost the last in a line of 10 cats in 2021. We were so tempted to stash one of the Greek cats in my jacket for the flight home. What we didn't know at the time is if we'd taken the stray of our choice to a local vet and had it checked out and certified as healthy, we could have brought it home to the U.S. in 21 days. Apparently, it's not uncommon. There are even pet chauffeurs that will take the cats overland in Europe twice a month. I guess for the U.S. we'd have to fly it home on our own, but jeez, worth it. These cats were so sweet, affectionate, and chatty. We saw cats along the streets and sidewalks, sunning themselves on ancient temple ruins and lounging around the Acropolis. We met cats every time we sat outside for a meal in Athens Ortinos, and they were pretty polite. We knew they'd be open to a little taste of whatever we were eating, but they sat patiently nearby, not demanding maybe keeping an eye out for whatever fell off the table. The cats we met in the Port of Tinos must have been especially well-fed. They ignored my offerings of food and just wanted to be stroked or have their heads scratched. To be honest, I was a little concerned before we got to Greece because I'd heard in some places, particularly out in the more rural areas or on some of the islands, cats were considered more pests than pets. Yikes. Growing up Greek, the older relatives seemed to like animals, but didn't believe they belonged in the house, and I think that's still prevalent in Greece. Ma's generation, the American-born cousins, all had cats and dogs, and their kids and grandkids followed suit. I do remember the stories about Greek aunties flipping out, when my mother allowed our cat, Tinka, to hop in and out of our cribs. The aunties swore the cat would steal our breath and one of them apparently nearly fainted when Tinka went sniffing around my mouth after I'd just been fed. Even as a preteen, I remember a college-educated friend of my mom's who'd immigrated from Greece shrieking hysterically when one of our cats inspected her baby who was sleeping on a blanket laid out on the living room floor. So these wacky superstitions were pretty well embedded in the culture. My mom always sided with cats and dogs over children anyway, so she stood her ground and invited the cats to inspect any baby they wanted. I know Ma's Greek-born cousin, Theothanasi, and his wife, Theopapika, were being very accommodating when they let me keep an injured stray kitten in their home while we were visiting him in Massachusetts. They let me lay down plates of food in the kitchen and drag in a litter box. They really loved me. They watched me give him his eardrops and antibiotics every day. After a while, they seemed pretty fond of the little guy who slept every night curled around the top of my head. They even helped talk my dad into letting me keep him. Even though they didn't speak English, their pleading looks and shouts of, "'Kaimeni!' as I begged, had the desired effect. Also, they were probably pretty glad when the cat finally left the house. Most cats in Greece are strays. They don't belong to any one person. They belong to the community. They aren't feral or wild cats that tend to avoid human contact. Someone said a stray is a domesticated cat without a home. They aren't afraid of people. They're very friendly. In Athens and Tinos, they were part of the scenery, hanging around tables in outdoor cafes and relaxing in bookstore windows. My favorite was a little shop in Tinos. There was a cat sprawled underneath a display table of icons. Another one lay on top, curled between the icons. The owner of the shop stood nearby greeting browsers, like, this is perfectly normal. We shared photos of some of the cats we saw on the website Sources page for the Trip to Greece podcast, but we're going to post them again for this episode, along with a few others Douglas John took. Heads up to cat-loving travelers of Greece. In my research, I found a self-guided audio tour of the Cats of Athens called Cleo Muse Tours. ThisIsAthens.org took the tour and says the purchase of the app gives access to the tour and an interactive map. The tour narrator highlights favorite hangouts for cats in Plaka and some historical tidbits. I wish we'd known about this when we went into Athens. Check out the critique and details of the tour at ThisIsAthens.org. Now, where did all of these cats come from? The Aegean cat is actually a separate breed, originating in the Kicladis Islands, like Dinos and in western Turkey, which was Greek territory before the Ottoman invasion in the 15th century. There are very few Aean cats outside of Greece or western Turkey, and those have mostly been adopted through Greek nonprofit cat rescue organizations. The Aean is thought to be one of the oldest cat breeds in the world. Greek reporter says they are, quote, believed to be the descendants of the ancient cats that inhabited the Greek islands through antiquity. They might be related to the Angora, a native breed to Turkey. They're the only native cat in Greece and according to the ASPCA, are considered a national treasure. Aean cats are medium-sized with longer bodies than the average American house cat. Their fur was a bit thicker than I expected in a Mediterranean country. They're usually bicolor, sometimes tricolor. According to a Greek reporter, one of these colors is almost always white. We did see a few orange stripes Stripes are also pretty common in Iyans. But what really struck us were their eyes. Almost all were almond-shaped, mostly green or blue. Mesmerizing. Even though we saw dozens of cats, I understand the best place to find the cats en masse is around the fishing boats at the ports. The only ports we saw this trip were ferry ports, so we missed out on that. Aegean cats know they're going to get a meal around the fishing boats and gravitate there. They are weirdly comfortable with water and apparently like doing their own fishing on occasion. It's even been said that their paws have adapted to grabbing fish swimming in the area. I'd like to get a closer look at their feet next time I'm in Greece. And Aegean cats have been known to take a swim. These cats are resilient. They live outside year-round, and because they breed on their own, they're resistant to the myriad diseases and medical conditions we see in the U.S. and throughout the rest of the world because they bred naturally, free from human manipulation. Bridgers and buyers get the look they want, but a negative of deliberate breeding is genetic weakness because purebreds are basically inbred. Persians suffer from genetic kidney disease and respiratory issues. Bengals tend toward heart disease and eye conditions that can leave them blind. Siamese, the cats we grew up with in our house when I was a kid, can be pretty long-lived, but they can also be prone to some cancers. Aegean cats have reproduced without human intervention over thousands of years and natural selection did its thing. The cats can get sick, I mean they're outside, but they're mostly free from genetically passed down diseases or conditions. And on a totally unrelated note, even rabies is extremely uncommon in the stray cats of Greece since the 1970s. The winters in Greece are relatively warm compared to here, especially in the southern parts of the country. So the cats are able to scavenge pretty much year-round and eat whatever is left over in markets or restaurants and take out the vermin. I jumped 50 feet when a spry A.E.N. cat ran over my feet with a fat rodent in its jaws. We've had some pretty good mousers in our house, but these cats are literally everywhere cleaning things up. And I keep using the word friendly because we couldn't get over how friendly they were. We have a colony of feral cats a couple blocks from us near the train station in Bloomfield, New Jersey, and the cats are extremely wary, and I think they should be. People can be cruel. And I'm not saying that's unknown in Greece either, but for the most part, like I said, the cats were just part of the scenery, like temple ruins, statues of the heroes of Greek independence, and Borekia stands. Everywhere we went in Athens and in Tinos, there were shop owners putting out food and water for the cats even on our very narrow sidewalk in front of the apartment building where we stayed in Athens. Early one morning on the way to catch a ferry, we saw the bagel shop workers taking in the food they had left out overnight. Outdoors, eating in a restaurant in Plaka, we saw a feeding station and bunk bed for cats in front of the bookstore next door. The cats didn't hang around the tables of food, presumably because they had plenty of their own. We saw cats wandering in and out to eat and a few taking a snooze on the bunk bed. We saw bowls of food and water on almost every block in Tinos as well. The restaurant workers were unfazed by the cats that greeted us at our table. No one was being shooed away. As I said, the cats were, were pretty polite. Douglas John scolded me for feeding cats from the table and he had a point. The best way to enjoy your meal is to respect the restaurant and ask if it's okay to feed the cats. The same with hotels. The cats will return to the scene of a handout, and that's not a good thing if the restaurant or hotel owner isn't happy about it. I'd feel terrible if cats were chased off thinking they'd found a good place to eat because I'd misread the situation. Also a good point brought up repeatedly on the websites I checked out reminded visitors not to pay too much attention to a particular cat during your stay. Cats are very loving creatures, and if one gets attached, either by finding their daily meal with you or getting used to loving attention, they're going to suffer when you move on. they won't understand what's happened. Now let's get into a little history. Aegean cats are believed to have made their way to the Kiglades Islands and later the Greek mainland by the second millennium BCE. Two thousand years BCE, probably on Minoan ships that traded with the Egyptians, the ultimate cat people. Greeks also traded with Egyptians and Phoenicians thousands of years ago, although trading in cats was illegal because of the sacred status of cats in Egypt. But the Egyptian pharaohs used Greek mercenaries, and I don't guess mercenaries would be above illegal cat trade or even catnapping. Egyptians were traveling to the Mediterranean for thousands of years, and some settled in Greek communities, probably bringing their cats with them. According to Donald Engels in his book, Classical Cats, cats were originally imported to the European continent by the Greeks. You're welcome. In fact, Engels tells us, after Egypt, Greece became the most important location for the distribution and spread of the animal. Beginning in the 8th century BCE, the Greeks sent colonies to southern Italy, France, Spain, the Balkans, and the Black Sea. Evidence shows that cats went with them. Engels says that in Greece, there is no doubt that cats were a common feature of farm and village life by at least the 17th century B.C. The ancient Greek word for cat is Ailoros, which translates to something like thing with a waving tail. Okay, ancient Greeks. Accurate. The modern Greek word for cat is rato, which sounds a lot like the Spanish word for cat gato and the Italian rato. Supposedly, before the influx of cats into Greece, ferrets, weasels, and polecats, which look like weasels, were used to handle vermin in Greek homes, markets, and granaries. But these animals were not easily domesticated and occasionally attacked their owners instead of the invading rodents and snakes. Plus, they tended to roam, I mean wild animals, and couldn't be expected to hang around the house or business they were supposed to be keeping pest-free. Cats were easier to domesticate, they hung around where they knew they were going to be taken care of. <clears throat> and on top of it, they are affectionate. And dang, cats are so entertaining. A writer for This is Athens.org claims, quote, ancient Athenians trained cats to dance on their hind legs to the sound of the lyre. But I wasn't able to find supporting evidence in time for this episode. That won't keep me from looking, though. I hope there's some artwork on that. Cats are well-represented in Greek mythology, which tells us cats may have been created by the goddess Artemis, goddess of the hunt. And cats are mighty hunters, so that makes sense. I read somewhere else that she might have created cats to punk her twin brother Apollo, who is responsible for the creation of the lion. That also sounds credible. Another myth says that Hera, the wife of Zeus, the king of the gods, turned the handmaid of the mother of Heracles into a cat to punish her for fooling the goddess's plan to murder the mother for being impregnated by Zeus and producing Heracles. Even then, women were being blamed for being raped. Hera then sent Galithios, the handmaid-turned-cat, to Hades to forever serve Ecate, the goddess of magic and witchcraft. This myth may have been the basis of later tales by popular Roman writer Liberalis that associated cats with witchcraft and spread fear and hatred for cats. That stinker but the ancient Greeks had a high regard for cats. They appeared in artwork like pottery or grave markers. See our sources page for images. Engels listed many objects, including frescoes, jars, cups, funerary monuments, and even weapons from the late Bronze Age of Greece that depict cats. This era is from 1700 to 1200 BCE. Many of these objects are Minoan, meaning they're from the island of Kriti, including a terracotta head from 1400 BCE. Cats showed up constantly in the comedic plays of Aristophanes, who wrote in the 5th century B.C.E. Aristophanes reportedly coined the phrase, the cat did it, according to betterwithcats.net. How my kids knew to use this phrase every time we heard a crash in the house, I don't know. I saw frequent references to Aristoteles' History of Animals written in the 4th century B.C.E., where he refers to cats as lecherous. Not sure what he had to say about dogs and rabbits, but I'm going to have to read that history and find out. In contrast, the early CE or AD philosopher Plutarch is oft quoted insisting that cats are clean and offended by bad odors, which they are. Coins from the 5th century BCE depicting cats were found in Magna Grazia, an area of coastal southern Italy colonized by Greeks in the 8th century BCE. The first of the two different coins had an image of Iocastos, the founder of the Greek city Region, and the other, Palanthos, the founder of Taras. Both are seated, each with a cat standing on its hind legs playing with something in the man's hands. Although the coins are from the 5th century, each of the leaders depicted were from the 8th century BCE. Talking about uh, history of cats in Greece, I read somewhere that Greeks believed cats had seven souls but I couldn't find any other reference to this. Hello Greeks, what do you know about this? Is it true or is it muskaka? I wanna know. There is an old Greek legend from the early days of the Christian church that says a cat entered the manger and protected the baby Jesus from snakes and rodents. Some of the cats were known for in Greece. And this re-elevated the status of the cat after a few centuries of being somewhat associated with magic. But during the Byzantine era from 395 CE until the Ottoman onslaught of 453, and ever after an Orthodox Christianity, angle says, quote, there was no religious opposition to the cat apparent. They weren't hunted and killed as they were in Western countries, nor, he says, were witchcraft hysterias a factor in Eastern Orthodoxy as in the West. In fact, Islam showed greater humanity to cats than Western Europe and still does. Cats are welcome in mosques, There's an awesome video of a cat climbing all over an imam during prayers. Cats in the Muslim world would be a cool follow-up. And why are there so many cats in Greece? Greece has the largest stray cat and stray dog population in the world. Athens alone has 2 million street cats and dogs. The island of Santorini has 5,000 stray cats. The trap and neuter programs now ongoing in Greece are relatively new to the country and was originally brought in by cat-loving foreigners, mostly Brits. And entering the EU in 1981 meant Greece had to step it up and abide by the European Union rules on animal welfare. There have always been local customs of caring for cats in regions of Greece. The effort in the last few years has been to make it universal. One of the toughest things to change was the resistance to neutering the animals, including pets that are allowed to roam. Some of the resistance was due to the male population of Greece in particular, viewing neutering as unnatural. Why do some men always get to thinking about their own parcels when animal neutering is invoked? This reminds me of sections of the American South, and of certain male cousins and uncles on my yaya's side of the family, who no doubt enjoyed eating amaletita, which is lamb's testicles. If you can eat those, you shouldn't be concerned about kitties humanely losing theirs the name of population control. Because when the cat population is out of control, that's when idiots take things into their own hands. And although most folks seem to love the cats of Greece, there are those who'd like to see them gone. And their, frankly, monstrous methods are not better or more natural than the humane trap, neuter, and release. Fortunately, these creeps are increasingly in the minority even in the more remote regions of Greece, as cat welfare groups make inroads there. And animal abuse penalties are up to 50,000 euros. Bravo. The reluctance to neuter animals has prompted the EU to push for mandatory neutering laws in Greece, which is creating a major kerfuffle. The law passed in Greece, making all pet owners responsible for neutering their pets and restricting breeders to a limited number of litters per animal Vets and breeders have protested the law, according to the Guardian. Breeders say the law, aimed at expressly tackling the problem of strays, could bring about the end of pedigrees that have existed in Greece since ancient times. I'm watching to see if their fears have merit. Meanwhile, the Greek Prime Minister, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, has said, animal protection is a matter of civilization. True that. Greeks caring for their neighborhood cats started creating shelters and feeding stations in other areas. Even some hotels will have feeding stations on their grounds. The spread of neighborhood cat welfare has been aided by some of those foreigners I mentioned before. There are several British-led organizations in Greece caring for cats, but one amazing example of this is in Syros, another island in the Kikladis, where apparently cats weren't entirely welcome to the human citizens, no doubt because the cat population was growing like mad. A British man and his Danish wife, Richard and Jane Bowle, vacationed one year in Cyracrus and were appalled at the condition of the cats. According to them, there was some pretty barbaric behavior. Gosh. And Joan literally felt called to help. The couple eventually sold their home and relocated to Syros, where they started a cat sanctuary called "God's Little People." I believe it was in 2011. They struggled through the economic crisis in Greece and came out the other side with volunteers they recruited both on the island and from other EU countries. In 2018, they went viral when they put out an ad looking for a living caretaker. The story of the sanctuary is pretty amazing. You can watch a short documentary about it on Netflix as an episode of the program Cat People. The sanctuary is even promoting cat adoptions outside the country. One of the volunteers kind of is doing the cat chauffeur thing we talked about earlier, accompanying the newly adopted cat on the ferry from Syros to Athens airport and then on to France, the UK, Netherlands, wherever. A few cats have even been adopted in Canada. Other nonprofits that help outside countries adopt stray cats are SCARS, Second Chance Animal Rescue Society, and ZEIL in southern Athens. I was so happy to see how many animal welfare groups there are throughout Greece. You can donate online to any of these animal welfare charities. Okay, Athens, a ton of stray cats. Santorini, 5,000. 2,000 in Syros. The total street cat population in Greece is well over half a million, with about 11 million people in Greece. Compare that to Cyprus, where the human population is 1.2 million and the cat population is 1.5 million. For a little comparison here, the U.S. population is over 300 million, with a stray cat population of 50 million. I couldn't step away from this episode without sharing the special history of cats in Cyprus, an independent nation that has a majority ethnic Greek population. The largest minority population is ethnic Turks, another cat-loving culture. An oft-told story of the introduction of cats to Cyprus happens around 400 CE or AD, where St. Helen, the mother of the Byzantine emperor St. Constantine and the patron saints of our church, along with St. Nicholas, traveled to Cyprus to visit the monastery of St. Nicolaus, which was built in 325. She found the monastery infested with poisonous snakes, driving away the people from the area and harassing the monks and priests. St. Helen returned to Constantinople and sent two boatloads of cats to the monastery. The monks became the caretakers of the cats, and the cats went to work. According to SaintNicholasCenter.org, the monastery website, quote, the cats were fed a bit of meat during morning and night to limit their intake of venom. Um, what does that really mean? Like snake bites didn't bother them, or they weren't ingesting snake venom, which is really only in the fangs. I don't know. This was recorded centuries ago when people thought bleeding folks who were dying was helpful. Anyway, long story short, the snakes were wiped out, the cat population multiplied, and the locals returned. The website also tells us it is said the monastery once had two bells, one to call to prayer, the other to call the cats. And the monastery became known as Ayos Nikolaos Tongarton, or St. Nicholas of the Cats. The monks of Ayos Nikolaos lived there and cared for the cats for another 1100 years, until 1570, when they were slaughtered during the Turkish invasion of Cyprus. The monastery was vacant and repopulated a number of times over the centuries. It now houses Greek Orthodox nuns who continue to care for the sizable cat population there, with a stipend from the government for food. The monastery is inland in southern Cyprus, but the cape at the tip of the country, closer to what was Byzantium at the time of cat delivery, is still called Cape Rata, or Cape Cat. The Cypriot cats, like the Aegean cats of Greece, are a breed all their own and rarely seen outside of Cyprus. They're genetically linked to feline groups in Egypt and Palestine. But cats, in fact, populated Cyprus long before St. Helens' central boatload of cats. In a find that proved the earliest evidence of domesticated cats at that time, a cat jawbone was discovered in the 1980s in Kirokitia? Somebody call in and correct my pronunciation. A Neolithic archaeological site and one of the best-preserved prehistoric sites in the eastern Mediterranean. The cat jawbone dated to 6,000 BCE and belonged to a species known to be easily domesticated. Then, in 2004, French archaeologists discovered what is, according to Reuters, currently the earliest historical record of cat domestication in a 9,500, that's 9,000, 500-year-old burial site on Cyprus. It's the grave of a 35 to 40-year-old man, and it includes tools, valuable stones, and seashells, which indicated he enjoyed a prominent status in his community. The cat was buried close by, its body mimicking the same ritualistic orientation as that of the human skeleton. The cat was larger than present-day domesticated cats. The Science Daily quotes study author Jean-Denis Vignet of the CNRS, which is the Museum of Natural History in Paris, quote, the association of this burial with both the seashells and the cat grave strengthens the idea of a special burial indicating a strong relationship between cats and human beings. Possibly tamed cats were devoted to special activities or special human individuals in the village. He believes cats had a spiritual significance for these people. The date of the grave indicates domestication of cats began in Cyprus before what was recorded in Egypt. Wow. So, now when you go to Greece, you'll know the amazing history of the native cats of Greece and Cyprus. We'll include links to the cat welfare charities in the notes in case you want to donate. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was written and narrated by me, your host, Pamela Deiodes-Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website at StealthGreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us to get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Find Greek Like Me on Facebook or on Instagram at Greek underscore like underscore me. Thanks for listening. Until next time, yasas.